This is Kelly Leonard from the Gal Talk Uncensored podcast. You might know me from my at Gal Talk TikTok, where I spend my time debunking all things women's reproductive and sexual health. Basically everything to do with your vagina. Tune in every week for some down-to-earth Gal Talk and don't forget to lower that volume. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk all things your sexual personality. Yes, you have a sexual personality. So let's dive in to the episode. So to start off with the episode, I am just going to let you all know, I'm not going to get seriously sciencey because at the end of the day, nobody really has time and cares. But I am going to introduce you to something known as the dual control model. So it's actually complete fiction that we have a sex drive. Instead, what we do have is something known as, you know, kind of like arousal personality, arousal desire, um, which is all based off of a dual control model. So the model basically works um, off of your central nervous system. So your brain, your spinal, you know, your spinal cord, um, kind of the neurons that make all of these up. But there is a series of partnerships of the accelerators and the brakes. Um, So when your accelerators are on, this is basically all things to do with you wanting sex, you being stimulated. But when the brakes are strong and on, then essentially it doesn't matter how into it you are, you ain't going to want to do it. That is just the way it works, the way it is. So let me dive into these two parts a little bit more so you kind of have you know, a bit more of an idea. The accelerator. This is the fun one. So this is your sexual response. It basically responds to sex-related stimuli in your environment. Um, So it's what you perceive as sex-related stimuli. So it could be something you hear, smell, touch, taste, or imagine. And it sends these signals from the brain to your genitals. So essentially telling them, you know, turn on, come on, this is getting me in the mood. So it works kind of far below your level of consciousness. So you probably aren't even aware until you find yourself kind of turned on and wanting to pursue kind of sexual pleasure that is turned you on. Um, So this is obviously an element of your sexual personality. So this will vary from person to person. So, you know, it could be something like you're in a loving relationship and you see your partner you know, go out and do the washing up, that could turn you on. But yet, if you, you know, obviously went and saw, you know, a family member or something, you know, somebody else do the washing up, that wouldn't turn you on. So it is very dependent upon, obviously, you know, how you're feeling and what you perceive, which goes far, far deeper than kind of what we even really are aware So I find that really interesting because I definitely know as I get older, there's certain things that I would never in a million years think is like sexual or whatever else. But yeah, it it definitely causes sexual desire. So let me get into a few of the categories. So there are a few here. I think there are about four broad ones that I'm going to talk about. So one of the general categories is love slash emotional bonding cues. So like I spoke about, it's essentially a feeling, a sense of love, security, commitment, emotional closeness, protection, support, kind of getting special attention from your partner. 
Um, all of these things, you know, can actually translate into sexual kind of stimuli for you. Um, so, you know, even your partner going and getting you a glass of water in the middle of the night, that can on a subconscious level turn you on because you're like, you know, it's an emotional bond. Um, you know, he loves me sort of thing or she loves me. It also is often why, you know, if something like terrible happens or you have a really bad argument, um, and then, you know, you make up and you get all lovey-dovey, you often then have sex because your emotional bond has kind of got stronger from, you know, everything that's happened. Um, so the second kind of turn on category is explicit slash erotic cues. So for instance, you know, watching Fifty Shades, that is a sexy movie. Reading Fifty Shades arguably is even sexier. You know, it's hearing or, you know, hearing other people have sex, anticipating sex, um, knowing your partner desires you, like if, you know, you come out of the bath and they're kind of giving you compliments. This can all add, you know, just to your sexual stimuli, your sexual desire. Um, could even be the way somebody speaks, but it is something explicit, something like often audio um, that you're listening to. So this is kind of the second cue. So the third cue to get that accelerator going is visual slash proximity cues. So such as seeing an attractive, well-dressed potential partner, maybe a well-toned body, even just a lot of confidence. Um, You know, maybe it's a man that's in a suit, um, you know, can turn you on. It it can be on that subconscious level, they've got their shit together. It's, you know, I don't know, a marker of social status, I guess. But it's also, you know, an element of grooming. They take, you know, looking after themselves um, potentially an evolutionary factor, that they're a good, healthy mate. I, I don't know, but that is a cue. Um, can also explain if you're watching somebody on TV and you think, oh, you know, they get you going, that as well is the reason why your accelerator is being revved. So the fourth one is romantic um, cues. So all like intimate sort of cues. So this is such as like dancing closely, sharing a hot tub, massage, kind of other intimate, like touch-like stimuli. So even touching your face, stroking your hair, so quite tactile, Um, as well as even like watching a sunset, laughing, whispering, um, or even smelling good um, can all turn people on. Like definitely, I don't really know like male sense, but I know my fiance has one that really is so nice and it definitely for me is a sexual cue so you know could be an inclination to have more baths to you know just explore that kind of a bit more because definitely is all there to rev that accelerator so now we have covered kind of what the accelerator does how it works some cues that you can maybe try out maybe see if what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Next, we are going to go on to your sexual breaks. So inhibition, um, essentially. So, you know, it doesn't actually mean shyness, but it kind of rather means like neurologically, you've got off signals. Again, these are completely subconscious. 
um, you know, that there's stuff that you probably aren't really aware until it's like glaringly obvious, but you know, there are moments where you're in the mood and then all of a sudden you're just not in the mood. Um, that is your breaks. So research actually shows that you do have two different types of breaks. Um, annoyingly, why can't we just have one? But no, 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 we obviously have two. Um, so one of the breaks kind of works similar to how the accelerator works. It notices, you know, potential threats in the environment. It takes in environmental stimuli. So what you hear, smell, touch, taste, um, or imagine, and sends signals to your brain saying, turn off, you know, keep it in your pants, turn off, keep your clothes on. Um, now is not the time. So it essentially just like scans the whole area um, and then lets your brain know if it's safe. Um, so some things, you know, that kind of might trigger this break, um, you know, could be unwanted pregnancy. It could be like concerns about reputation, um, sort of etc. cetera. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just stuff that kind of scans your environment in general. Um, the second break, however, is a little bit different. It is more like a handbrake. It's more like a chronic low level of no thank you. You know, if you try to drive with a handbrake on, you're literally not going to even crawl anywhere. Like you're not going anywhere. Um, you know, I think you could probably jerk forward and get it going, but it's going to shudder. It's just not, you know, it's not going to work. And it's, that is the kind of stress that's always low level in the back of your mind. So could be a fear of performance, um, you know, failure or even consequences, uh, that can kind of cause that. So I will go over some of the general kind of breaks that do happen. I am going to kind of merge both of the breaks here. Um, just because obviously the first set of breaks is more scanning the environment. The second is just what's kind of internalized. Um, so each of these kind of stimuli, these cues can fall into kind of more of a temporarily sort of environmental stimuli, or it can fall into something you've chronically internalized. So I will speak about them kind of interchangeably, um, kind of with these cues. So some of the breaks cues. So it could be feelings, you know, about your body. Um, so, you know, a lot of women in particular kind of feel aroused when they feel comfortable within themselves, um, when they feel like they look good, when they feel like they're feeling themselves, then they can get aroused. Uh, you know, quite common to have a bath or freshen up or, you know, get ready for a night out and want sex because you're feeling yourself. So I think as women, you know, we do internalize, unfortunately, even though I desperately try and break that stigma, but we do internalize how we look um, is attached to our con- like our confidence on a subconscious level. And unfortunately as much as I try and break that stigma even within myself it is internalized you know when you have just woken up and you've got spots and you've got this and that it's you just you know morning breath I don't know I just don't I personally don't feel as in the mood and I know scientifically a lot of other women don't men seem to be able to override this cue a bit more um but as a woman this can actually be a chronic break especially women that maybe have just given birth or gained weight or, 
you know, something where they don't feel themselves and unfortunately this gets internalised and then don't want sex because it is then a chronic break. So the next cue, again, another one to do with uh, us women, we have it so, just so unlucky. Um, So another cue is our kind of concerns about our reputation. So being single, you know, and wanting sex with another person, you know, it's kind of like, as women, we are internalised, don't go around sleeping with people. You don't want your number to go up. You don't want this. You don't want that. You don't want people talking. So again, this can put on the both sets of breaks. Um, If you don't want your reputation to get damaged, you don't want to be known that way. Um, So again, another key, key kind of cue why we probably hold back a lot more um, than what, you know, men kind of do. Um, so the next one is, you know, the obvious unwanted pregnancy slash contraception. So if you're not on the pill, you're not on birth control, um, you know, you might be worried, oh my God, I don't want to get pregnant. That's an obvious one. Um, the same with SDIs, again, a very obvious one that nobody, nobody wants that. So obviously that is a massive break that will come on. Um, the next cue is feeling desired versus feeling used by your partner. So I, I know, unfortunately, we are in an era of situationships. And I, I'm just, I'm fully against situationships in every single form. I am not going to lie to you. I, you know, I think, I think they do have a time and a place. Um, but I think more often than not, as as women, we're there's often somebody that gets hurt, and I often feel like it is us because we kind of internalize the fact that sex means relationship. Also, the way our biochemicals work in our brain, when we have sex, we release oxytocin that creates more bond to our partner. Uh, men don't actually work the same way. Men, it they they do still have that bond, but it can actually dull their attraction for us. So, unfortunately. Um, this is why I often think that women kind of lose out in situationships. But that is, that's just my opinion and the science that I sort of know. But yeah, in general, you know, in stuff like situationships or hookup culture, you can feel quite used. You know, sometimes when it's friends with benefits, it's like you just actually feel like they want your body, nothing else, just your body. And that's just a shit place to be because at the end of the day, you know, bodies change and you're a person. So that can definitely be a break when you're not appreciated as a whole person. Um, so the next cue is feeling accepted by your partner. So, you know, just what, what I'm talking about here is not accepting sexual responses. So, you know, some women like to make a lot of noise when they're having sex um, and this might be discouraged or even the other way around, their partner might want them to make a lot of noise and they're not comfortable. Um, that can shut you down. You know, if you've got a higher sex drive than your partner, again, you're not being fully accepted. Uh, I'm not saying they have to, you know, you have to do it like rabbits all the time, but 
kind of feeling that you've got to apologize for anything. You know, the fact that most women in relationships, you know, often than not, they don't orgasm. You know, when I speak to my clients and other people, the majority of the time, you know, just once in a blue moon, their partner will make them orgasm and that's completely acceptable. But if their partner doesn't orgasm, then it's a bad experience. So again, it's, it's a similar thing where it's just not feeling accepted, not feeling valued, not feeling like you matter, um, can kind of put the brakes on because it could, could bring about some performance anxiety, take you out of the moment, you know, the same, the same odd. Um, so the next cue is style of approach slash initiation and timing. So, you know, most men's game is pretty tactile. You know, they might stroke you one minute, kiss you, then it leads into, you know, whatever else. Um, But this could actually be a break for a lot of women because essentially, you know, if you've got kids screaming in the room, it might not be the time. If you're not shaven, that is sometimes not feeling like you look perfect. Um, It can also be a mental break. Um, also the style and approach of initiation. So most women don't have out of the blue desire like men. They actually have a responsive desire. So this means that we need to be in highly erotic kind of environments or in the midst of literally having sex and then we get into it. That is really normal in women. Um, so that can often subconsciously put breaks on, you know, when your guy is out of the blue desire, like completely out of the blue and starts touching you, whatever else, and you're kissing, but you're not feeling it yet. You are not feeling it. And naturally, your brakes are going to start to be put on. Sometimes they're fully emergency stop put on, and it just stops the whole interaction. Other times, the brakes are still higher than the accelerator. So it can take you even longer to get into the moment. Because again, your responsive desire needs to kick in. Um, so the last one that I'm going to speak about, there are like a million and ten more, but I'm just trying to trying to just bring it down to the main, is a negative mood. Obviously, you've had a shit day at work, the kids have been screaming all day, you're not going to be in the mood. So, you know, with stress and the way that stress works, um, it can really kind of affect our sexual pleasure, our sexual desire. That is completely normal. Um, you know, if you're undertaking a stress response, your body, we're still cavemen at heart. They think there's a lion around the corner. You're not going to start getting freaky when a lion is around the corner. Your body is on a high, high, high alert. So your brakes will naturally be on. It's often, you know, the chronic break, the handbrake will be on in that situation. So I hope this kind of clears up your sexual personality. There is actually a sexual personality temperament sort of test you can take. Um, let me know, um, email me at info at kellyleonard.com or just let me know if you would like to learn more about your sexual personality because at the end of the day, it amazes me that we don't know this stuff you know, we just blankly taught, oh, it's a sex drive, you know, you're either a high sex person, a low sex person, but that actually isn't the case, like, a majority of women have kind of medium acceleration, um, and then the breaks obviously can vary depending on the stage of your life, your mood, whatever else, but for women, it's often all medium, um, you know, men often have a higher acceleration. So men often are more stimulated by their environment sexually than women. 
Um, that is just a fact, just how it is. Um, but again, you know, that there's nothing wrong. There's no right, there's no wrong. But it is a personality, it is a spectrum. There is nothing wrong with you if you've got your brakes on, you know, more at the moment. That, that There is nothing wrong with that. It is just the stage you're in. Um, you obviously can work through that, but it's a natural response to certain stimuli in your life. So I hope this helps clarify some things. Um, and yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this short but sweet podcast. Um, if you've got any questions, um, anything at all, or any kind of questions you want me to answer around women's reproductive and sexual health, I am more than happy. Um, I am a biomedical scientist and women's health practitioner who is specialised in psychosexual therapy. So feel free to ask me anything from physical to kind of more of the psychosexual side. I am happy to answer. I am here to help. So until next time, stay safe. Love you.